You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to On Deck right here on the Line Star app. It's me, it's Chris Meany, and it's you, and it is Thursday. I know what you're thinking. What the hell? Joe and Chris on a Thursday, and you're welcome. You're welcome, because there's a lot more games to worry about today than there were on Monday, so we decided to move our schedules around just for you. It wasn't easy for us, no, especially for Chris Meany. It wasn't easy, but you know what? We are the People's Podcast, and we are here to continue to win people money and give people a laugh or two on the way. So, Chris, I know looking back on yesterday, if there's one thing that I found more entertaining than anything else, it had to be a complete game shutout from Jason Vargas. From Jason Vargas. Jason yes, he Vargas. got it done. The eighth of his career. Eight. <sighs> Unbelievable, really, to think about when you've watched him over the past couple of years. But you and I were talking off air about, you know, some flashes with him. You know, a few years ago, I remember him being on my fantasy team and carrying me, um, you know, at that point in time. But, yeah, it was a great performance from him. And we talked about just a, a decent run from him overall. It had just been the walk. So maybe even more impressive to me is the fact that he only walked one guy. Yeah, it was against the Giants. But even still, a complete game shutout. Very impressive. In this day and age, you know, something you don't see very often. Joe, it's at the second, third maybe of the season. Yeah, it's definitely not something you're, you're very used to seeing. But uh, as we always like to do on the show here, oh, look, and we talked about him yesterday. <laughs> you were kind of like, oh, look. If you got a lot of stones, you could probably go there. And I think this is more of an indictment on the San Francisco Giants lineup than anything. Yeah. So I think my biggest takeaway from this is not, yay, Jason Vargas is a discount pitcher I can use. I don't think that's my takeaway. I think my takeaway is the Giants are that bad. That's, that's yeah. my takeaway. Yeah, so. I mean, that's, that's smart. It's a good takeaway. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, it just to fly through some big news, too, because a lot happened yesterday. Cano came off the DL or IL, or whatever the hell it's called now, and then went back on it, or is going to, because yeah. he came up playing in that game. So, so much for that. Craig Kimbrell signed with the Cubs. Now, this doesn't affect our DFS world, but certainly affects the Cubs. And it does in a certain way, because it does affect some of those pitchers' ability to get to a win, because I think they've won, what, like 11 of 23 saves this year? So that's a problem. So that's good, uh, potentially, for some more wins from some of those guys, like Hamels and Lester and Darvish and Hendricks, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think it was a good move for, for the Cubs. And you're right, the bullpen has been – it's been brutal all year. So, I mean, that's a positive, obviously, for that team. And if you stash them in season-long leagues, I mean, I don't have any shares. But good on you because now you're going to get yourself – I guess I would assume, you know, thinking about it right now and some of the closers who have just been mediocre, you're going to get yourself, you know, potential top five closer for sure with, yeah, with Kimbrough. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a pretty decent deal too, three for 43. I mean, that, that seemed pretty – Pretty reasonable. I think if he was that reasonable, he wouldn't have had to wait this long to sign somewhere. But whatever. He had a couple months off. Eh, good for him. Good for the Cubs. Good for everybody. Also, Carlos Carrasco probably, my guess, is done for the year. It came out yesterday said he has a blood condition. I'm not sure what that means. That can mean a myriad of things. They were very oddly vague yet specific about what. And um, a lot of questions there. Not a lot of answers from a fantasy perspective. I would not expect him in 2019 to be seen again. No, um, obviously, wishes for him, thoughts 100%. and prayers. Yeah, um, yeah 100% there. And, um, yeah, you're right, pretty vague. 
not sure you can really go into it. You know, I don't want to get into any rumors that are swirling around, but you're right. Probably well, you know what? Here's the only here. problem with that. If they, if they had just said he's, he's dealing with a personal health issue, I think everybody would have said, okay, you know, a little bit respect. But the, it was weird to, to do it the way that they did it, and they were specific without being specific. And I think that left a lot more questions than I think there would have been had they just come out more vague. Like more vague, you're going to go, oh, okay, well, let's respect them. And then you say something like that, you go, well, what is it? And I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, Indians are, are just rigged. The window's closed. Like we were oh, talking about before yeah. the show, the window's closed. Kluber's out. You're going to start seeing Bauer. Yeah, yeah. one yeah. of those two guys is going to get traded. They're going to turn the corner. Yeah, they completely – I mean, it's crazy to think about how close this team was to a World Series. I believe they were up 3-1 in the Cubs a couple of years ago. And then you're right, all those pitchers, Bauer's probably gone. Kluber, one of the two gone. I mean, they decided not to you know, move on from Edwin, Brantley. So, yeah, this, this team is – is heading in the wrong direction. But, yeah, some reports that Carrasco has felt, you know, a little off for weeks now. So, I mean, that could explain some of his on-field issues. But, yeah, you know, obviously thoughts and prayers with him. We, we hope he returns. And All right. right. Let's take a look through yesterday's things, the things we got right, the things we got wrong, and the things we want to learn. Uh, I think I learned something yesterday, which is finally I feel more confident in Joe Musgrove. We've been back and forth. It was a big game for him against Atlanta. He was at home. Eight innings for him, struck out six guys. Acuna, obviously a little testy from the, the day before his little events about his jewelry and whatnot. His so stuff. His, yeah, all that crap. Oh, by the way, the day slate was trash, so I hope you stayed away from it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, we said that, right? I mean, yeah, Anibal Sanchez did. was okay, but what are you going to – I mean, he didn't he, get yeah. really much from him. So, no. so we were, we were good to see. Again, so that's something to learn in terms of things we got wrong. Paxton, unfortunately, I mean, I don't know, four and two-thirds. This should have been a slam dunk for him instead. Uh, he gives up uh, four runs, three runs, two-thirds. It's the walks, you know. Yeah, the walks killed him. Well, the walks did kill him, but still, this is uh, frustrating. Very frustrating, I think, if you're a Paxton owner and season long especially. But in DFS, that should have been a lock game. That should have been second game back. He looks so strong. I don't know. It, it's, it makes me concerned going forward now for the third one back. Now, I, I had one good start that was too short, one bad start that was too short, or maybe not short enough. And now I'm just, you know, now I'm scratching my head. I, I'm out on Paxton until he gets a couple of good starts in a row for me, too. Yeah, his next one will come against the Mets. Um, you know, they made a big deal about it last night. Big Maple is what they call him in here in Canada as a Canadian. James Paxton just cannot pitch in Toronto. I don't know what it is. I mean, he had the one start. Um, his last start actually in Toronto, he didn't even make it out of the first inning. I think he walked like four or five guys, gave up a couple bombs. So I, I don't know what it is. Some inconsistency well, you know, there for sure. But like a, You know, it's sometimes it's silly things like the mound, you know? Yeah, it could like, be. Yeah. You know, different ballparks have different nuances and things like that. And pitchers are so goofy. You know, they have all kinds of weird little, you know, things about the feel of the mound or this or that. Or I mean, there's a lot of things at play there. Charlie Morton continues to be absolutely dominant and worth every penny. Uh, seven innings, eight uh, strikeouts, scoreless innings, no less. Just tremendous. We mentioned the Vargas shutout. I don't, I don't, I can't speak to it anymore because it's going to make my brain hurt <laughs> talking about it. But uh, the good news was we were uh, very much on Nelson Cruz yesterday. He went yard. We were very much on that uh, that lineup there in uh, uh, for the Minnesota Twins. They scored seven runs, but the Indians scored nine. So at least the offense is waking up, especially Lindor. Lindor has been absolutely brilliant uh, for over the last stretch or so. So that's something to clearly take notice of. And we talked about it yesterday. Still a bit of a discount for him over on FanDuel. Yeah, 
And how about the Jose Ramirez, two for four, three RBI? Got to love yeah. seeing that as well. He picked up a stolen base that looked like the Jose Ramirez, you know, of last year in the first half for sure. So keep an eye on him. Cleveland's starting to score some runs offensively. Yeah, Morton was Morton was interesting. I I, I was correct in, in thinking that he would be low-owned because of guys like Paxton and Chris Sale, and that was the case. Um, and Chris Sale was great. So if you had any of those two, one of the two, again, if you play on FanDuel, you can only do one of the two, but you could make it work over there with all the value uh, – it's a little bit tougher to get two studs like that into DraftKings, but if you had any of those shares, you, you were solid. And and how about Seattle? I mean, their bats really woke up as well. And then a big takeaway, and we'll get into a little bit later on. To me, um, you know, we're starting to see some some bats in in LA wake up. Otani is somebody that you've talked about over the yeah. past couple shows. He's got three homers in his last five games. So, um, you know, a couple guys starting to heat up there. Justin Upton will return. That line is going to get better. Absolutely. Also, Jimmy Nelson's first start back was not good. Not surprising. We were all over the Marlins end of it. When it gets the hottest team in the league. (laughs) I know. How about them Marlins, baby? Woo! I I mentioned it yesterday, but, you know, just to bring it up again, I I was really looking into just some of their numbers. Obviously, schedule has a little bit to do with it. They've had some weaker opponents lately, but they are the Marlins after all. You know, their first 36 games of the season, they had 10 wins and 101 runs over their last 17 games before yesterday's outburst. They piled up 12 wins in 17 games and scored 100 runs of their own and had five players, including Jose Urena, in the top 50 over that span in terms of fantasy and just all of them widely available. So Miami is just, they're making things happen. They really are. Another eight runs yesterday. Anderson was in on the action. Castro is basically cheap no matter where you play can't ignore the Miami Marlins right now you just can't no you can't uh and and you know going back to that uh Seattle game too talking about uh I mean how about Mike Leak too about a yeah. complete game for Mike Leak on oh, the, the weird I mean what a weird night Jason Vargas and this is you know, sometimes you gotta throw your hands up and go well that's baseball because on yeah. the same night Jason Vargas and Mike Leak went nine so there you have it like that's unbelievable just thing in the world and uh you know Peacock got you know Look, unfortunately, you know, I know I'm sure a lot of people were in on him. Not a good start for him. Not a good start for Marquez, too. I will take all the heat on that. Um, it should have been a good one. He gave up eight earned runs. The Cubs got to him. Darvish was not better, necessarily. Um, so, that was just a complete crap shoot. And uh, yeah. it was just – it was one of those bizarre nights, that's for sure. We got we got some good things from the offense. We were certainly on Charlie Morton. But the Marquez pick did not work out. And uh, it, it was a tougher slate, too. But – Look, if you stayed chalky and you stayed cash, as we always recommend on the show, then he had Chris Sale, who was the third complete game uh, of the night, too, right? He went nine as well. Yeah. Uh, so 12 strikeouts for him. Not Three bad. Games. And I just acquired him in labor just two days ago in the trade for Mike. So there you go. Immediate impact. <clears throat> Because I I feel like he came into the clubhouse here with me and he went nine innings. And <laughs> By the way, how many wins for that year for Sale? Two. That's right. Chris Sale, two wins. Chris Sale two has seven. two wins. Yeah, two he's, wins. he's two and seven. It's been an odd year for sure. You know, stick with the Red Sox. Wins are a thing. Why? Why that? <laughs> yeah, they are. They are silly. I agree. Raphael Devers is somebody we've talked about a lot on DK. He was, I think, he was like three or four hundred dollars more than JD Martinez, which is just goes to show, you know, how sharp they are and they're understanding the the hot run that you know Devers has been on this season, hitting three sixteen. But again, on Fanduel, guys, he's been just super cheap. Him and ben, him and Ben Attendi. There were some values for yesterday. Benetini, three for four. Starting to slowly come around, I've noticed, Andrew Benetini. Not a big home run guy, but a really slow start of the season. He lost the spot, the leadoff uh, the spot for Boston, but he's got hits in four straight, uh, scoring some runs, swiping some bags. So hopefully he turns it around. 
All right, so there's a bunch of day games today because it's Thursday. So it's a new day. Yes, it is. And let's hit the day games first. Uh, let's start off with San Francisco in the Mets. You got Zach Wheeler and Sean Anderson facing off here. Wheeler is at 10.5 on DK. Then you got Fulton Evich, who's not been good at 8.5 versus Chris Archer. Again, those are the, uh, the DK salaries for those guys over on the FanDuel side. Just to get an idea of those three pitchers, you got Wheeler, 10.2 on FanDuel, expensive, uh, 7.3 for Fulton Evich, and 6.4 for Archer. I don't know. For me so far, I continue to move down. You know, we got Daniel Norris and we got, of course, Ryan Stanek, the opener. You got Danny Duffy in this mix, but there might be some weather in there. Descalfani, Dakota Hudson because of yesterday's rainout. So that one's going to happen again. So we didn't get Joey Votto yesterday. Carry over the Joey Votto this afternoon, folks. Yes. Carry it over. It's still the same price. Go for it. Then you've got guys we can start talking about. Caleb Smith against the Brewers, 9.5 over on the FanDuel side, on the DraftKings side. Caleb Smith is actually 9.4, so not much of a change there. You got Jose Quintana on DraftKings at 7.5. And then now the Verlander-Malone game, that one's in the slate, correct? I'm not crazy. Uh, I don't th- it's not on DraftKings. And it's not, right? No, it's not. It's not okay. on that slate. So, yeah, if you're on FanDuel and you're looking you're early, is, yeah. you're just going to get the five games. You're just going to get up to Cincy St. Louis, so it's, it's not going to be there um, FanDuel's got pricing for Verlander. Yeah, does not just to be clear, everybody, in case. Right. Fandle, you can do some like all day stuff um, over there where you can get, you know, every every game. in. That sounds hot. Yeah. I do all day stuff. (laughs) Oh, baby, I want to take you home and do all day stuff. All the stuff. (laughs) All the stuff. So, like, look, quick glance of this. I mean, you got Jose Quintana against Peter Lambert. I'm going to take my shot with Quintana in this one. I think Caleb Smith is I mean, that pairing to me, I think, is cost effective. Uh, if you're going through on the DraftKings side, I think Quintana at the 7.5 and the Caleb Smith at 9.4 is very cost-effective. That's my favorite pairing in, turn on, in terms of return on investment. And I know Smith has been a little bumpy since that brilliant opening to the season, but I think the Brewers are scuffling a little bit now. And I know that ballpark is scary, but to me, that's where I'm going pitching in the afternoon if Verlander is not you know, available to me. Yeah, Caleb Smith has a, a little bit, but he's still obviously. I mean, looking at this slate, I think he has the highest ceiling in terms of strikeouts, right? I mean, he's the guy who can rack up double digit strikeouts even against this Brewers team. I mean, he's still been two or fewer runs in nine of his 11 starts this season. I mean, he has given up a home run in, in eight straight starts now. I mean, that isn't concerned. The fly ball rate is, is definitely. I mean, when you, end, when you have a 28% ground ball rate, the other way is you're, you're giving up a lot of fly balls and then that eventually that's going to catch up to you. But even if he just gives up one or two solo shots, Joe racks up, you know, seven to nine strikeouts, which, which he's done. I mean, he's hit that eight strikeout mark in half over half of his starts. So yeah. if he can get to that, that mark with just limited damage, he's going to return value for you for sure. And I think people will shy away because of the fact it is in Milwaukee, but you're right. This Brewers lineup has been pretty quiet lately. Maybe they yeah, need to get here <clears throat> back in it. Oh, there's, there's opportunities if you want to get fancy with like Danny Duffy, the lefty against Ryan Webb uh, in Kansas city. But again, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think you stay chalky, you stay safe, you stay with Caleb Smith, you stay with Quintana and you try to make the best lineup. Now the question is, I like the Reds. I'm going to go right back because we talked about it at length yesterday. I like the Reds pricing. I like the Reds opportunity here uh, against Dakota Hudson. I like Dietrich, uh, even though he's expensive. I'll go with the Vado Suarez, uh, any of those grouping. I mean, you get a little discount, especially on the FanDuel side on those guys, especially. So if you're just going to go with the one pitcher, let's say you just go with Caleb Smith. <clears throat> I think the Reds are a nice pairing there. 
Uh, where would you go? How would you kind of delineate in terms of offense? Well, I definitely like the Reds. I, I agree with you there. I think Votto is a must play today. And we mentioned it yesterday, but just to bring it back up again, left-handed bat slashing 350, 436, 617 with a 435 Woba against Hudson. And the nine, eight of the nine homers he's allowed have come to left-handed bats. So I think, you know, Dietrich in there is he's super expensive on DraftKings. He's 5-1. I didn't I don't think he was that expensive yesterday. Nonetheless, he's 3-1 on FanDuel. Votto's 2-9 on FanDuel. Like those are the guys that you can that you can definitely get in. And, you know, Tampa is pretty cheap on FanDuel as well. I mean, Yandy Diaz has, a, has, has been better against lefties than righties. Austin Meadows is just too expensive on DK. I, I feel like i got to fade him. But there's still a little bit of value on FanDuel again with Tampa and with the Red Sox if you do want to go that way against Duffy. I know you mentioned him, but, you know, Benatendi, Devers, Javis, these guys are all under 4K. I mean, anytime you can get a piece of the Boston stack, I mean, a 5.3 team implied total is is the highest on the board. I was going to ask you about Zach Wheeler because of what you saw with Vargas and San Fran off the top. Like, do you go that high with him? I mean, he's the highest priced pitcher on the board on on both sides. I think, yeah, that see, that's what scares me about it is always like you never know what the if the Met offense is going to show up. <clears throat> sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I would say this: I think I'm more apt to do it on the single pitcher. Like if you on FanDuel, I think you can do it because you're going to get some discounts on the Mets. Guys like uh, Todd Frazier, Wilson Ramos, um, Kenobi out of the lineup. So you might get Echeverria, who, eh, you know, it's not like a great DFS play, but we're talking about a, a scaled down slate. So a little different. Ahmed Rosario has been a little, you know, hot lately. So I think because of the condensed slate on the single pitcher site, I like Wheeler. When I have to have two pitchers, I think once I burn that extra thousand more on Wheeler, I think it makes it really tough to get the bats I want. So that's how I break it up. I say yes to Wheeler on FanDuel and Cash. I say I'd rather go with Caleb Smith and Quintana, save a little bit more money for the offense because I think you're going to need it this afternoon with some of these games potentially out there. Yeah, that adds up. I'm just looking now, and, you know, if you go Wheeler on the early in FanDuel, I mean, he is the he's the most expensive pitcher by, you know, 3K. So if you go him, you're going to have to attack Cincy. I mean, you're going to you, – you only have an average of $3,100 to, you know, fill out the rest of your lineup. So you're going to have to attack probably Mets, like you said, some value bats in there, like, you know, whether it's Frazier or – Rosario, perhaps, you know, even Conforto at 3-6. Right, everybody knows I love McNeil, too. I mean, the Mets lineup has a lot of opportunity there. Sean yes. Anderson is not an Sean Anderson's not great. No, you're right. No, so, I mean, I think the Mets are certainly in play. I think you can go Wheeler with the Mets stack yeah, and just and go Cincy. balls to the wall there. Yeah. Yeah, Cincy, I think that's the way to go. I, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be runs in the Atlanta-Pittsburgh game, and I think that's part of, for me, why on DK especially, I want to have a little bit – I want to be able to get into that game, too. And you can't get into that game with the Ronald Acuna's of the world on DraftKings unless no. you are able to find a little discount on pitching. And I think Wheeler's going to kind of price you out of that. So that's, that's my approach. So let's go into the evening and let's start with Jay Happ, who's been a gas can lately. Mm. Oh, my God, against Edwin Jackson. Oh, my goodness. Who's Chris. also oh been a gas can. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So the implied total here is, let's see, nine and a half? It's nine and a half. It actually went down from ten, which is a little, oh, puzzle, a little puzzling. Over. Yeah. All the over. Oh, man. You saw Jay Happ revenge. No chance. Um, no chance. I'm not feeling I, mean, I don't care. I mean, I, I'll, I'm not buying the Jay Happ revenge narrative <laughs> with the way he's pitched this year. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not buying it at all. The guy's been terrible. He has. And I'm shocked because I, I was, I was, I bought in hook, line, sinker this year in a lot of season long. I was like, hey, this guy strikes out a ton of guys. He's going to pitch on the Yankees. They have an incredible bullpen. He's only got to go five, six innings to get W's. 
unfortunately, you got to stop giving up five runs in those five innings. That's well, that's the problem. Well, it's been the home runs. I mean, this guy's oh, allowed cool. 15 home runs in 12 starts. 15 home runs. I mean, he's only striking out seven per nine. That's nowhere near last year's nine no. per. I'm and, thinking there's something yeah. wrong. I'm thinking he's not he's not 100%. And that, that's the only explanation I have. And I'm going to keep telling myself. But – what does that mean? That means we got to find some shares of this. Obviously, Heron X, we're going back to the well again until it changes. He's 4-1 on DK. On FanDuel, guess what? He's still cheaper. You know why? Because it's FanDuel. Yay! It's nice and loose. That's what yeah. we always want there. So, uh, when you have that Yankee slate here, you got Aaron Hicks at 3-5. Sanchez at 4-5. Glaber Torres at 3-9. Uh, I don't want to go around with the Kendrick Morales and Clint Frazier's of the world. I'm not going to do that. Uh, no, those yeah. are just dart throws. Yeah. yeah, Aaron Hicks got the day off yesterday, unfortunately. I was all over him. I thought he'd have a good day against Thornton. Whatever. He's going to get back in the lineup today. On the Jays side, I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr. was an impressive three-run shot off Zach Britton yesterday. He's only 3K. I mean – I love Vlad today. Yeah, um, I, I think you take advantage of the fact that he was able to, you know, go deep off a, a extreme ground ball pitcher in Britain who doesn't give up a whole lot through the air, and now he's going up against Hap who all he's done is given up bombs. So don't worry about the chalk. I think it's a strong play. DK 3-8-3 on FanDuel. Gerchik as well had a couple bombs yesterday. The Jays are saying Teoscar Hernandez is going to be their everyday center fielder. I don't know if they know what the heck they're doing over there, but nonetheless, he has a little bit of pop in his bat as well. So I think there's an opportunity maybe to to get some Jays here. And, and, and if you want to spend up on some pitching, you can do it by getting some well, Jays. Well, Vlad Guerrero at 3K is, is criminal. It's criminal on FanDuel. You have to have all kinds of shares of him. And Teoscar had just gotten recently sent down, correct? Am I, yeah, he yeah, did. So he, and now he's back and he's – yeah, he's back. You know he's what? apparently going to be the full-time center fielder there. He's back and he's got an opportunity tonight at 2K that you can – I mean, that is something where I feel like when we talked about potential free squares, that's a potential free square where I, I know you go, oh, but he hasn't been good. But the guy has power. We he, all know he's got power. He had 22 bombs last year. The power's there. And Jay Happ, this guy's been giving up home runs, so why not take a shot on it? I, I'm with you. I'm in with Toronto today. I'm in, I'm in on both ends of this game. This one's going over. The last time we were this excited about an over, there were 21 runs scored. So <laughs> yeah. put that out there for everybody. That was earlier in the week with Texas. So For sure. Listen, Hernandez, put, came, his first game yesterday, he was two for five. He picked up two RBIs, stole a base, and picked up a run. So you mentioned the power. He also has a little bit of speed to him. So, yeah, I think you just take that discount. All right, so this next one is real dicey. We got Barrios at 9-7 on FanDuel. Excuse me, on DK. Trevor Bauer, 9-4 on the FanDuel side. Barrios at 9-3. Bauer at 10-4. So much more expensive there. $1,000 more on FanDuel for Bauer. Giving a lot of respect to Bauer. Getting a lot of respect. I actually like Bauer in this game. I I know it sounds a little, you know, goofy considering how, you know, everything seems to be just collapsing around them. But the offense has been getting better. Um, And this is not a knock on Barrios, but – Usually the 50-50 games, you know I like to run away. I don't know. Call it a hunch. Call it women's intuition. Call it whatever you want. I feel like Trevor Bauer uh, is in play tonight because I think that there's this this cloud over Cleveland a little bit, and I feel like that keeps the ownership down, especially on a night where there's other options, and I think Barrios is going to be one of those other options. But I'm going to go stick with Bauer. What do you think? Are you running away or are you taking a side? You know I love Bauer. I, yeah, I'm a fan. I, I have no problem going to, to Bauer in, in this contest as well. I agree with you, actually. I think that you know people will shy away from, from Trevor Bauer because of the fact it's the Twins and what you just said, everything going on with Cleveland. So 
an opportunity to get one of the better strikeout pitchers in the game, you know, with a low ownership. So absolutely. I, he's, he had a start against Cleveland or against Minnesota earlier in the year where he struck out nine through seven, only allowed one hit. So that's the kind of upside that he has and the walks, what I've noticed from him. And that's the biggest thing you and I have talked about it is his command has just been a little shoddy so far this season. He's walked 37 guys in 83 innings, but over his last two starts, only two walks. That That is I know it doesn't yeah, seem like no, a lot, but that's a positive. In the right direction. That's a, yeah. that's a big positive because the walks kind of in, in May were his undoing. Oh, it was six walks, six walks, four walks. You look at the game log, he'd, he'd walked at least four guys in mm-hmm. uh, like four or five starts out of like a span of eight. I'm ready to win some people money right now with this next one because Ariel Yurado against David Hess. This one's in Texas. I think Yurado at 6.4 on DK is a secondary pitcher you can get in bed with today. I think he can, and I look, the last start was really good. Baltimore is not great. Um, it's at home. I think that Texas Ranger lineup will score enough. I think he's in play at 6-4, and I think that is a potential game changer because it's going to let you load up on DK on some offense that we're going to want later on the game. Okay, okay. How you like that? I'm going okay. out on a limb, baby. Listen, that's that's the number what you want. I mean, if you well, go look, Bauer. You have a limited evening slate. You know, yeah. you don't do Thursday a lot because – it is kind of wacky. <laughs> you know, you have these isolation slates. But I will say this. On the weekend show, we shine with that. I don't think anybody does that better than you and I, Chris. And, you know, I, I'm sorry. I just think that that's something we're really good with. And if we're isolating tonight and you want to go up to the board for Bauer, you could do that with your auto. It allows you to do that or it allows you to go up to Corbin, who we're going to talk about in a second here. And I think that that's a, you have to kind of take a stand here with the pitching tonight. And I think that's the stand I'm going to take personally. I, I I like it. You go one of the two. So if you go Bauer Yarado, you have four point two on DK to work with. That is that's awesome. That's what you want. If you go Corbin, you have four point one to work with. So I agree. One of the two, I would go Corbin or Bauer. I'd completely just fade Barrios altogether. I mean, he hasn't even been he hasn't missed a lot of bats lately too. He's given up some contact. So if you go one of the two, then you it's like a stars and scrub type strategy, and then you can you can fill out the rest of your lineup wherever you want to go. You. I think you've got to get some Texas bats in there against Hess, a fly ball pitcher. You know, I oh, think hundred percent. Well, that's where I'm going next. About some lefties. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what you, I think. Mazzara is very much in play, and and you get that break. So for me, it's Chu Andrews Mazzara. I'll skip the Shields in there if you want to have him. That's fine. If you want to have Andrews Mazzara Pence, I think that's fine too. Um, you know, they, they've they've done a pretty good job with Gallo out so far. I don't know how long it's going to last, but look, it's Baltimore. It's David Hess. Yeah. I'm going to take my shot on it. And I think your boy Lindor is in play tonight too. Yeah. Oh, he should. Yeah, he should be for sure. I mean, a 6.3 team applied total is by far the highest in the late slate. There's no other teams at five. No. Right? So, no. I mean, with the Yankees up there, you know, at the top, rather 5.5 against Edwin. But yeah, I, I like that strategy a lot. These Texas bats, you know, they're fairly cheap, especially on the FanDuel side. Odor should get back in the lineup. He didn't play yesterday against the lefty. He's been so awful this year. I wonder if he's going to get sent down to the minors, but he'll get he'll get in there against a right-handed fly ball pitcher in David Hess. So there's going to be some runs in that game. For and sure. I'll tell you what, on the FanDuel side, too, they're very cost-effective. Look, Delano oh, Shields yeah. is 2.5. Andrews, 3.9. Mazzara, 3.8. Pence is the most expensive one at 4.2, believe it or not. Choose only four. Asdrubal Cabrera, who I love, 2, 3.7. Yes. And Odor's 2.8. So, look, there's all kinds of reason to get in bed with Texas tonight. And I don't, I'm not saying Yorado's your standalone pitcher on FanDuel. No, no. Tournament. I'm, I'm not going that far. But yeah, you and, use him as a secondary. The secondary guy tonight on DK, and I feel and I feel good about that. If it's wrong, it's wrong. 
but I'll, all I need him to do is get me that W. Yeah, and guys, for, for Hess, a 41% hard hit rate, a 52% fly ball rate, an 83% contact rate. Those are all red flags. Those are all numbers that are in the top 10 and not in a good way. So the Rangers are not only going to be able to make contact, a lot of that is probably going to be in the air. The wind's blowing out to right right now, 7 miles per hour. So um, I, I like that. As You know, even in cash, I may even go that way with the Stars scrub and roll out Texas bats. I like it. All right, now you've been talking about the Angels bats heating up a little bit. And this matchup is fascinating because you got on uh, the FanDuel side, Skaggs at 8K against Fires. Now, obviously, Fires is not a guy we like to play at DFS, not a lot of strikeout potential and all that stuff. But I want to get your take on Skaggs because he kind of falls right into this mid-range, and there's not a lot of mid-range guys because it's a short slate tonight uh, in the evening. So my question to you is, is Skaggs in play? Because I know there's times where you like to kind of throw that out there. Is he a standalone FanDuel tournament play tonight? I don't think so. I think it's a little risky. I do like Skaggs, but in the right situations, like he has been pretty good this season. He's I was got fifty-five say, the last strikeouts couple starts, man, He's got seven Ks, seven Ks, eight Ks. Yeah, he's been good. He, but I mean, Texas is not a team that does well against lefties. Seattle is in a bit of a you know funk that, but that was a good start from it. My problem is is just with Oakland, they don't strike out a lot. They 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 make a lot of contact and. I mean, it's at least both of these teams. I mean, the Angels strike out the fewest and the, and the Athletics strike out the second fewest. They just both of them make a lot of contacts. So I think in a tournament, maybe, you know, I can well, get... Well, that's what I'm saying. Is he, is he the tournament? Is he the fade from the top guys because of the shorts late? Skaggs, if he can go six innings, strike out seven guys. Now, unfortunately, in those three starts where I talked about the seven, eight strikeouts every time, he's going five and two thirds most of the time. He's not quite getting through. Only one time that he get through the sixth inning in the last three. Yeah. But he isn't home. I, it's it's I don't know I feel like sometimes feeling, that, I, I am feeling it I'm feeling it tonight because of the circumstance I'm not feeling it you know when we have a full slate of night games I'm feeling it in the circumstantial yeah. setting where I feel like he can do enough so yeah I mean maybe I'm just I don't know maybe I'm just feeling my oats this morning I don't know what it is but I'm just <laughs> I'm Ariel Uradoing tonight and I'm Tyler Skaggsing tonight it's gonna get it's gonna get wacky there's gonna be some whiskey involved I can tell you that right now Listen, there's nothing wrong with it, obviously. Um, he has to you can say if there's something wrong with it. We've been friends long enough. You can take me. No, I would. I, I mean, I already told you what I thought about you know, they just make a lot of contact. They don't strike out a lot. That's that's the only thing. But, I mean, on a slate like this, you're right. On Fandle as, as a one pitcher, me personally, I'd rather just go Corbin or, you know, Bauer up at the top, roll that way, because there's so much value on Fandle where you don't need to – to get totally cute with your lineup. But if you want to just get a guy who's going to be low owned, I mean, that's the way to go. It is Skaggs. I mean, he's got, he's got more upside than, than fires, than Hess, than Jackson across the board. You, I mean, Lucchese, do you want to go Lucchese against Washington? It's tough because he's got to go up against Patrick Corbin. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't, yeah. I don't love a whole lot of these pitching matchups tonight. I, I think Bauer, we talk about Barrow, your or Corbin, your as a pairing on DK you want to just be chalky and and be safe and play uh cash games tonight with corbin on on FanDuel standalone he's 10-9 he's super expensive but it's fine uh, i got no issue with that uh bowers 10-4 so basically you could just interchange the pitchers and do multi-entry that way if you want to do also but i i don't know man i feel like you gotta you gotta kind of pick a side you gotta take a stand and i'm gonna take a stand with tyler skaggs and i'm gonna take a stand with urado i think those two guys contribute tonight i'm gonna stay with the home guys and figure that out. Now let's get to this Washington game a little bit. So Corbin, uh, 10.9 on FanDuel on the DraftKings side. Uh, Patrick Corbin is 10.3, so not much of a discount there at all. Lucchese's nine. Yeah, sure, there's potential contrarian plays there with Lucchese, but I'm going to fade away from it tonight personally. 
Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I, I have more confidence in Corbin in this one, especially the way San Diego's been striking out. So for me, that's my take on this one. What's your take on this Nationals uh, Padres game? Yeah, I like Corbin too. I mean, the league high 27% strikeout rate, even higher against lefties. So they have a couple guys in their lineup that can hit lefties. Like obviously Machado can and Renfro has some power against lefties too, but they also has you know, a lot of swing and misses in his game as well. So I, I like Corbin. I mean, both of these 3.8 team applied total either way. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of runs scored in here. So I think Corbin is, is probably my favorite play. You have talked me into Bauer. I really like that contrarian side with Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I think, you know, Corbin for cash, like on FanDuel, again, you can do it. You can easily make it happen, 10-9, and then you have 3000 to spend the rest of your lineup. It doesn't seem like a lot, but there's – I want to get a piece of, of – Texas, which you can make happen by like Odor, we already talked about Mazzaro. You know, those are guys that are cheap. I want to get a piece of the Angels too. Like, I want to, I want to get Shohei Otani in there. Three home runs in his last five games. Mike Trout, uh, even Lestella off the top of the lineup. I mean, Fires has allowed twelve home runs in his last ten starts. I mean, he's allowed thirteen on the year. He's he's a flyball pitcher. So I, I think spending up and then getting some of these bats, you can do it in cash. You want to get a little bit different. I think you can, I, I think I can get on board with Skaggs and um, and Trevor Bowers contrarian options. Yeah, I think tonight's a little strange. That's what you do, you know. And, and <laughs> you just gotta you gotta get a little weird. I think tonight. I think that's that's what's gonna get you some money. I really do. If you just want to be safe, it's fine. I think you can do that too. Uh, you know. And, and look, I'm not saying Barrios is the wrong play. I'm like it's it's hard because the guy's super talented, but. Trend-wise, I just think Bauer and the Indians right now are a better trend despite the black cloud hanging over them. It just seems like the offense is waking up a little bit, which is good. I don't expect them to go anywhere, but this is just one night. That's what DFS is all about. So take me through the betting lines tonight, Chris. What do you see on the board that you like that you want to get involved in? Yeah, okay, so we'll start up at the top. I, I do believe the Braves will bounce back against Chris Archer. There could be a lot of runs scored in that game. Fulton Evich has not been good. So if you want to take the over, you can. It has jumped from nine to nine and a half, um, you know, over that half hour that we've actually talked. <laughs> I have it written down here as nine. Mm. Uh, interesting. Get uh, on it now before yeah, it keeps going. Get on it now. I, I like the Red Sox on the road. I, I did like Cincinnati. Um, yesterday, so I still I'm gonna go back to Cincinnati. I think there's gonna be some runs scored in that game, eight and a half with Desclafani and Hudson on the hill. Um, moving, continuing to move down the board here, Houston. I think you can take them by two with Justin Verlander on the hill against Tommy Malone. Uh, I like the over in the Yankees and the Jays game. I actually like the under in the Cleveland Minnesota. I mean Bauer and Barrios uh, over under at eight and a half. I think both could have games. The over in Texas and Baltimore, but give me the Rangers like the Angels at home and the Nats on the road. All right. It's time to call our shot here on the program, as we always like to do. Pick a guy who's going to go yard. Now, look, we were red hot. We've cooled off. We had a 10-day span there where we were just uh, – it was out out of control. We were kind of like Joe DiMaggio just (laughs) on a streak, just every day, just sometimes two, at least one. Like I said, we had way more days where we had at least – where we had two than we had zero, which was unbelievable. So – now it comes to that point. We got to kind of get back on track. We had a rough couple days here. It's time to get back on track. I'm going to get back on track with Vlad Guerrero Jr. at home. He's a great value. I think he's going to go yard against Hap, who gives up a ton of home runs, like him in the ballpark. Everything about this screams dinger for Vladdy Jr. Where are you going, Chris, for your home run tonight? Where are you calling your shot? Yeah, if you want, the home runs are going to come from Toronto, New York, and Texas, and Baltimore. But you know what? To get back on track, let's go with the best player in the world who we've yet to 
even talk about as a home run call. Mike Trout. Let's go with Mike Ooh. Trout. He's heating up. Yes. He's got some home runs in the past few games. And, you know, it, it really is a treat. I, I feel bad for the people on the East Coast who don't get to see Mike Trout play baseball. I feel bad for me because I love Mike Trout. He's a Jersey yeah. guy. I want to I see him play. And, yes. and I, I feel like that's, you know, it's one of those identity crisis of baseball, too, where, you know, Mike, their best player is playing in – you know, he's not even playing for the Dodgers in Los Angeles. Right, right? yeah. <laughs> you know? Mike Trout walking 22% of the time. Unbelievable stuff. But I think he'll take Mike Fires deep tonight. And um, I think you'll see some home runs in that game. Yeah, Fires another guy who gives up a ton of home runs too. So if Fires and Otani go yard, that would not shock me at all. Uh, excuse me, if Trout and Otani uh, go yard against Fires, that would not shock me at all. So look, this is a, a great opportunity there. Uh, and just to recap everything for you, I'm taking a stand on Skaggs in tournaments on FanDuel standalone only. I am taking uh, uh, Urado and pairing him with Bauer or Corbin. You can do either one. You can interchange them. We talked about that Texas offense. We talked about getting shares of uh, that game for the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Look, it's going to be a lot of runs here. Edwin yes. Jackson shows up to town, and then oh. Jay Happ says, hold my beer. It's going to be a fun time for sure. So that's us for today. Of course, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at LineStar app at Joe Pizzapia 17 and at Chris Meany, of course, and check out the new fantasy football black book 2019. Yes. DFS chapter in there football from Chris Meany. And hopefully we'll be here doing shows for you uh, come football season two. And we're going to be a one-stop shop for all things DFS, baseball, football. I don't know about hockey. That's kind of out of my depth, mm. but you know, we're going to be <laughs> out here doing it and make sure you download that LineStar app while you're out there getting job done. That'll do it for us. We'll be back again tomorrow because that's what we do. And there's only one thing left to do, and that's step out of the on-deck circle and into the batter's box and go yard. We'll see you next time, kids. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meaney.